So I just got it. You have to include that notification sound because I just got a notification for the tickets I purchased for the people we just interviewed who were wonderful and amazing. Don't you think? They were so oh, they fabulous. Were so freaking awesome to talk with um, Maya Torin and Lucas Soar, who are Sharon. Uh, Sharon, some ama- lovely tunes. Yeah, Sharon, some lovely tunes. <laughs> they are an amazing up and coming band. Um, from New York. Yeah, you should definitely check out their music um, and hear what they have to say. It was so awesome to have a like a, a couple on, I think. It was like mm-hmm. a, just to talk about like their creative partnership and themselves and their music. And yeah, but it was lovely. I mean, just to hear them bouncing thoughts off of one another and to yeah. just see so much of them in their music and hear so much of that inspiration was really um really just like a fun conversation to be a part of so we really hope you enjoy Torin, that's my music name, <laughs> my stage name. Um, but actually, only in music, in theater, I don't use that name, um, which is interesting. But yeah, Maya Torin. And I'm Lucas Sauer, and we're called Sharon, our band, our duo band. Yes. Um, and we're based in Brooklyn. We've been in a relationship for uh, four, years. four years now. Uh, um, Yes, it's very cute. Our four-year <laughs> anniversary is this weekend, actually. Oh my goodness! Congratulations! Aww. Congratulations! <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, I like I'm a actor, director, person, and you're a musician. Yes. Um, <laughs> of all varying instruments and composition and all these things, and I grew up singing. Um, but for some reason, we were never able to like connect on like a musical level. It was always kind of yeah. like. I guess, how would you describe it? I feel like you were very like, music is my professional thing and this relationship mm-hmm. is my personal thing. And for those things yeah. to combine is like not. Mm-hmm. Well, you grew up singing a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot of singing. And yeah. um, it was like, you were kind of deciding between doing theater and pursuing like vocals. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting that it took us so long to actually start making music together but it also kind of makes sense because of like the profession thing like it would be like work-life separation is real and Mm. so it was that was kind of the way that at least personally like I looked at it I was like like it would be it would be hard to to work outside of like the time that I feel like I'm working like I don't want to feel like I'm working I feel like I'm relaxing but yeah I think once we got over that and well, I think yeah. I think COVID is one of those things that I mean, I, I can say that for us, that was the point where life and work and school and family and uh, yeah. like all of these things <laughs> yeah, really totally. together. And we were living with my mother and stepfather, mm-hmm. like right when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And we just started doing this thing on my Instagram, which was called Song a Day. And we just decided to cover a song a day. Um, just for fuck, you know. I remember that. I was like, "This is so cool." (laughs) I'm so glad that people like actually gave a shit about it because it was honestly. (laughs) It actually did. COVID was such like a total 
um, wash of everything in everyone's lives. So like having having something that like kept us motivated mm-hmm. to make music was important. Yeah. Maya writes the lyrics and vocal melodies and sings. And I do um, production and instruments and mixing um, for the songs. Huh? And, and we both write the songs. We co-write the songs together. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. I love this true indie production happening. I'm here for it. <laughs> oh, it's, well, the, the whole indie. album, which, surprise, we're writing an album. Um, but the whole <laughs> album was conceived. I mean, I think we might, like, add more to the album or take away or whatever. But, like, yeah, it's in the works. But the, it's not done. But the whole <laughs> core of the album was produced in Lucas's childhood bedroom. Oh, I love that. Um, That's amazing. So, it's definitely yeah. indie, homegrown, you know, yeah. album for sure. Definitely. That's great. It was great. weird doing yeah. that, like creating this very new thing in summer that was very old to me. But, uh, mm, yeah. I relate to what you just said so much. So mm-hmm. Maya actually shot a film in my house and I feel like we've shot a lot of movies in my house, but this room that I'm sitting in right now is my childhood bedroom as well. And mm-hmm. There's kind of an ongoing joke on this podcast that I have a film called Redacted, which is not what it's called, but <laughs> we, we shot it in this room. Like one of my best friends and I from college, like shot in this room. So it was, wow. it's like, I understand what you, it's mm. weird, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it like, it kind of seeps into what you're working on in a way that you don't really expect. It's mm. just like, you can't really get away from it. Mm. And like, um, thinking, just being seeped in the past when you're working on new things is it's interesting yeah. it can be beneficial or or um like an obstacle i think mm-hmm. either and both yeah i think it was yeah. I, I mean a lot of the songs are grounded in like places like the, a lot of the work like the songs that i write are really based in like places and feelings and a word that i use a lot to describe music that I love and listen to and want to write is like atmospheric. It's like mm-hmm. music that takes you to a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really interesting. I and mean, we've never mm-hmm. talked about that, but I think that that's yeah. really interesting that kind of being in this old nostalgic place puts you in a very interesting headspace. And like, what is it that we're pulling from? We, I mean, we were pulling from poems I wrote when I was like 16, mm-hmm. you know, awesome. but they still feel so relevant and yeah. they feel so like grounded in this current moment because it's just what we're endeavoring in right now. You know, we're making music so the now. World we're diving into. Yeah. Right. That's so special. Yeah. It's really, it is special. I, I'm also in my childhood bedroom and <laughs> yeah, writing, I think I write music better in my bedroom at home than I did when I was in London <laughs> because yeah. there, there's just something about I don't know it, there, there's something familiar about it and mm-hmm. there's something that like it, it's it's home it's literally home and and I feel very grounded when I'm yeah when I'm music you're a composer right yeah I'm a composer oh, yes that's so awesome. exciting <laughs> it is I mean I, yes I love I love music. Music is very exciting to me. Um, <laughs> you introduce yourselves as Maya. You are the singer and do the lyrics, and then Lucas, you do um, the mixing, the producing, the composing, you know everything, and then you co-write together. Beyond writing together, what do you feel that like you both bring to the process um, beyond the actual process of writing? If that makes sense, mm, that's an interesting question. That's really interesting. Yeah. 
I can I can go. You please. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think what's really interesting about well, I think being in a relationship and being in a band mm-hmm. is one thing, and I think that that's kind of separate. Like I think I don't know when we make the music together. I don't know that we're like. Mm, this is our relationship band, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think like us being in a relationship is cool and like, um, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it <laughs> every day. Yeah, it's a it's cool so time. cool. <laughs> um, yeah, super casual. Um, but I don't think that that really like, I think we are two individuals like making music together who happen to like be in love, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I think what I really bring to the process is um, like aesthetic and like <laughs> a very like, I love the vision of like this dream pop kind of shoegazy universe. And what can that look like through a color palette? Mm-hmm. And what can that look like through like visuals and like bringing more like creatives on because I'm a director I'm a theater director in like mm-hmm. my heart of hearts and um, that's what I graduated NYU to do um and so I love seeing like the macro of a thing um and I think actually songwriting has really brought me down to like the micro and really the detailed work mm-hmm. and so I think from a different you know like you said Rebecca outside of the music I think what I really love to bring to it is like what does this feel like as an all-encompassing world? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's come into, you know, my work as the person who posts on social media and yeah. like um, crafts our like visuals from who we want to be our photographer and who we want to be our videographer and all these people um, that we've kind of brought on board, which is so exciting. But I know mm-hmm. like I'm also, you know, a lot more outgoing than you and definitely yeah. like a lot more of like, I mean, I have like bright red hair and like, I like, I think I, I have like a personality that is excited to be a front person and mm-hmm. is excited to like build a kind of, I don't know, aesthetic for the band. And that's been something that's been a really cool, obviously collaborative conversation, but that I think I've been really like spearheading personally. That's, yeah. what, that's what I think. I think I that I'm definitely, it's like, um, in line with that I'm much more on the detail focus kind of side of it and like Mm -hmm. that's always been my like that's always been me it's like I'm really detail focused person and like even like applying to jobs and stuff like I realize that that's like kind of just like my way of working on things is like I need to get like really inside something and like Mm -hmm. really live in it so like Mm -hmm. um whenever we're working on a song like I listen to it constantly like Mm -hmm. every time on the subway every time i'm going to and from somewhere um while i'm like doing other things like doing other work i'll just have the song we're working on in the background so like i i tend to like get really really into the minutia of the music and like the sounds like how that's happening um and like yeah and like specifically with songs i like something to be interesting and changing from moment Mm -hmm, to moment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so like like every verse has something a little bit different about it every chorus mm-hmm. is something different like yeah for sure i don't like to even if one like melodies and chords are repeated i don't like different sections to feel the same way mm-hmm. so i feel like that's kind of my um yeah i don't know i feel like that's like the viewpoint i bring other than like mm-hmm. the specific things i do it's like yeah the, the detail oriented mm-hmm. stuff with the music. 
music. Yeah, a total perfectionist. I mean, well, yeah. like <laughs> I have had to like beg for something to be released. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? like it's like no, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. We need to, you know, do I'm it again. So do it again. Guilty. Do it again. So so guilty. But I think it makes it really exciting because it's it's both. so it's also like so uniquely you like the way that you work and the way that you produce and think about music is so I mean it's just so vast so I think that when you really dig into those details you get such nuanced unique perspectives in every moment like you're definitely doing it you know um, <laughs> you're your first. you are doing it <laughs> yeah, you're earning your first you're doing the work <laughs> I, I definitely see where both of you in your answer, I think it's reflected definitely in your work. Like having seen um, everything that you've put out there on social media and uh, the videos you've done together and the music, obviously, I it's so cool speaking to you guys about it because you can see after you've described it, how both of you feed into it and create this bigger mm. picture really clearly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really cool. I think that's really, really cool. I think there's something really exciting about indie music that mm -hmm. I'm always really drawn to. And that always inspires me to like, cause I also, I mean, I listen to a lot of music when I create. So mm. I want to come back to something you said later, but I want to do it later. Cause it's kind of like a it's like one of those questions where you're like, it's not really including, <laughs> you know, it's like, yes. what's your opinion on it? But there's no, anyway. Um, <laughs> do you guys both have like similar influences mm -hmm. in music or, or um, music you're drawn to, or is it completely different? I mean, how does that work out when you decide to make music together? Even before we started making music together, we um like there were some songs and some artists that we were like both got into at the same time and like got obsessed with at the same time and yeah. so i think that while we like in like while we were growing up listened to very very different music um and i think that like the the music that we make has definitely come out of like being inspired by music that we discovered together and yeah. i think that's kind of why um making music is exciting a lot of the time is because like we're exploring things that we discovered together and like exploring sounds and genres that um we first got ex excited about as like part of our relationship and there are i think a couple artists i associate with that but um and, and who would they be lucas okay yeah <laughs> well maya introduced me to like the cocktail twins which is a mm -hmm. huge huge artist that we both mm. absolutely adore for years and I know you've you've listened to them. Yeah, my 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 yeah. mom listened to the Cocteau Twins like growing up. My dad oh, cool. listened to the Cocteau Twins growing up. They like fell in love and listened to the Cocteau Twins, oh, and then my mom like listened while she was pregnant with me. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely like, um, I don't know. I feel like I was listening to it like before I knew <laughs> yeah. what it was, and it's yeah. just been a part of, um like they've just been a part of like my understanding of music mm -hmm. I think they are who has brought me to the understanding of what atmospheric um mm -hmm. ethereal shoegazy yeah. you know yeah. that kind of feeling so. same with like the Japanese house too like you oh introduced God, yeah. the Japanese house and, did like, I I feel like you session. introduced me to the Japanese house <laughs> oh yeah, I, I don't know the other way, but like also 1975 I... and, like, 
I feel like, yeah, there are a lot of artists that I associate like with discovering through knowing you. And so it's like, I think the music we make is like definitely inspired by the artists that we mutually Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. instead. yeah, more so than like our differences, which is interesting. Yeah. We have a lot of like different tastes outside of those artists, I think. Yeah. I feel like everyone says this, but like we actually do listen to everything. Mm-hmm. you know like i mean i think i think a musician like actually needs to listen to every kind of music in order yeah. to like and not listen day to day but yeah. like you have a very Explore like wide understanding of music and i have a wide understanding of music because like my dad introduced me to every single kind of music i could ever be introduced to because it's like his thing to, to you know help me as a child understand what pop culture is you know he was like mm-hmm. you must know this band because i love them but you also must know this band <laughs> because everyone loves them and i don't but you know you know yeah. and i think you're right that um there are so many musicians that or bands or or like sounds that i grew up loving but don't necessarily want to make the music of you yeah. know don't want to like resemble yeah, um yeah, yeah. I will say we when we came to writing music, you were in a very like electronic phase. Definitely, yeah. You yeah. know, you were like very like, <laughs> I want to make electronic music. And I come from vocally, like I come from musical theater, which is hilarious and fire <laughs> and things like this. But really at my core, like I love like folk music and I love mm-hmm. um like very like soulful um like voices, like low very unique kind of voices. My favorite um, artist of all time is Nico Case, who is like yeah. a very like yeah. beautiful, folky um, vocalist who's just an incredible songwriter and et cetera, et cetera. Joni Mitchell, um, yeah. you know, things like this. So when you came to me and said, you know, or when we kind of came together and decided to make music, you were like, I'm really excited about electronic production. And I was like, man, I don't really know what that means. Um, <laughs> how do we meld these two things together to make them feel really cohesive? And what really grounded us in that collaboration were the artists that we came to love yeah. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suddenly learned because I don't have any kind of, you know, instrumentation experience or like, like composition experience yeah. really mm-hmm. until, well, I mean, I guess that's, I don't know, you could get into that. But I think like we came together and and like I really learned how to compose vocal melody and things like this. Like when mm-hmm. we started writing music, I was able to learn like, well, these things are the same. Like they just, you know, you can meld them together. And, and we found a really interesting dynamic between kind of the electronic and like the folky mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm. you know, pop dancey dream poppy and yeah. the shoegazy dreamy thingy. I don't know. There's a lot of different meldings of things that came from people that we could cite as like, fuck, I want to write a song that sounds like this song because yeah. this song is so important yeah. to us. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a long, long. No, I love, no, I I love that. that. I also love the 1975 shout out. I feel really oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Pear and, <laughs> and I took a, we took a road trip up to an orchard yesterday and there was a lot of traffic coming back. And so we just listened to like the 1975 for mm. the book of that road trip. Oh, it was they're, they're literally incredible. fabulous. Yeah. 
Kara's right. like, I'm so sorry. I'm making you listen listen to the 1975. I'm like, why? Yeah, <laughs> why are you? I, I feel yeah. really bad for my parents because <laughs> during quarantine, it was like kind of all I listened to <laughs> really loudly in my room. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I want to kind of touch on more like how did you come to releasing your first song? Because I feel like we talked a little bit how you came to writing together. And then I guess I'm interested in how did posting those little videos on Instagram, doing a song a day together, finally lead to, no, let's actually do this. Let's do Sharon. And then let's release our first song. Like, And how did you decide that that was going to be your first song? Kara. <laughs> I don't I even know. I think it was like in the beginning, um, there's a lot of like, like we always talked about making music together. And so I was like, mm. oh, we'll do that one every time, we'll do that. And then like suddenly we went too much time. So it was like, mm. obviously this is what we're gonna do. Mm. And we just did it every day and it was really fun and exciting. Um, and I think from there, it was just like, we were comfortable just doing yeah. it. And like, that was a big mm. thing that we had to cross is like, um, because it's like you can be so close and comfortable with somebody yeah. and then you find a new way that to exist with someone that you're not comfortable with yet so that was kind of the boundary we were crossing we're just like we're and it's like always it's like it's always something that um you need to work on so it's like yeah. like different kinds of relationships with one person you know yeah. so i think um it was like for for us it wasn't so much of like like how the music led into more music it was like like getting more comfortable just naturally led into that like mm. once we started building on that initial like musical relationship like that just yeah. grew and so um but yeah it's it's interesting because that's a kind of vulnerability which you don't expect there to be after you're like so close to somebody but there's like another um yeah it, it's, it's just interesting um how you like yeah, that breaks down. Yeah. But I, th I think that was the, the catalyst. Yeah, I definitely think I really, I came to New York as someone who had, like I said, had studied vocal. I, I'd, I'd been like a classically trained vocalist from like six um, and, you know, got into musical theater and <laughs> auditioned. Oh, yeah for NYU, <laughs> uh, kind of like saying like, well, you know, maybe I'll do musical theater, maybe I won't. And, you know, NYU, I don't know if anyone knows, but NYU like puts their actors into different studios. And I was placed into like a straight acting studio. And I was like, oh, I'm an actor now. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm a straight actor now. And I just like, will never sing again. And there was just like this thing about it where I just came here and I was like, okay, well, I used to sing you know, I used to be a singer, but now I like focus on this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now hilariously enough here I stand and I don't really like acting anymore. <laughs> I'm back, you know, in a full circle, like loving to sing again, but it took me years. It took me three years to actually come to the point where like I was comfortable singing like outside of the comfort of my home, singing outside of my shower, like letting my partner hear me sing things. Mm -hmm. And also, not only hear me sing things, but hear me sing things that came out of my brain. Mm -hmm. um, there's one thing to like sing a cover of a song every day, right? Which is what we started doing and finding that comfort level and like being able to sing dreams, which I've been singing like my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, 
because, you know, who doesn't love that song? <laughs> but then it comes to the point where, you know, we, I remember like very distinctly the first day that we kind of just like, I was like, oh, you know, want to like play my guitar or something? We just sat in my room and I pulled out like this notebook that I have um, with like really old poems in them and, and things like that. And I was like, well, what you're playing kind of sounds like what this poem feels like to me. Um, and he was like, well, why don't you like throw a melody on it? And I was like, throw a melody yeah. on it. <laughs> you want to hear my thoughts through my voice? Um, it was like yeah. very jarring, but slowly because we, as you had said, had built up that comfort level of like, well, you know what my voice sounds like and you've heard me make mistakes and all these things. Like I kind of was like, okay, fuck it. Just try something. And that really over, you know, multiple weeks of just like attempting to craft like this one song, um, which we haven't released yet, but like <laughs> is a cool song. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it was something, it was like the first thing that we really attempted to write and something, a poem that I'd always kind of thought could be a song. Mm -hmm. um, I learned so much about like the actual vocal freedom that I had and the, you know, like self-consciousness that I had holding me back from that. And it was really freeing and really exciting. And I think you're right that we would not have been able to do that had we not built out that comfort level beforehand. Yeah. And I think, um, so with, with the second part of your question about how that led to There's a Face in the Clouds. Mm. So There's a Face in the Clouds is one of like probably the seventh or eighth song we wrote together. Like yeah. it took a lot of songs for us to reach a song that kind of felt like like a goalpost, like kind of like a yeah um, yeah for sure marker, i'm you know? so I glad that why. you say that yeah i have to just highlight i'm so glad that you said that because i think a lot of the reasons why we started this podcast is because i think there's a mystery behind how much work goes into the mm. final yeah. yeah package or the first thing and six or seven or eight songs like that's a lot of work i can imagine mm. a lot of time spent together yeah. In a confined mm -hmm. space, basically, during quarantine. But, like, <laughs> yes. yeah. So anyway, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. I just wanted no, to... No, like, no, just, no, just no it's so that. true. It's so totally. true. Totally. It, it is. And, like, that was... Yeah, it's just... It's funny because that was the song that we, we did, and we were like, oh, this feels like what we would want to show somebody if they were like, oh, what does your band sound like? It's yeah. like, this is what we, we want people to think of um, first. And then, like, mm -hmm. there are obviously lots of sides to what we're trying mm -hmm. to make um yeah, yeah a lot of different influences um but yeah it's it's like it is a mystery and like mm. one thing that I come back to a lot that I think about when I'm working on music is like um Lord's first album oh my god I know written three <laughs> times yeah. they, made it, they made it one way through it out made it another way through it out and then yeah. made it a third way and released that one and that always gets me because it's like to me, it's like one of the most raw sounding mm -hmm, mm -hmm. electro pop albums. And like, I listened to a lot growing up and love it a lot. Um, yeah. And so like, mm. I feel like there are so many perfect songs on that album. And like, that made me more inspired to go for like, mm -hmm. like really do something again, if it's not mm. working. And I think that's, that's really important. Um, is that the more effort you put into something sometimes means like, the more you have to throw away. Mm. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, there is one song that we wrote, and I remember writing it and hating it. 
and mm-hmm. hating it every single time that I heard it, no matter what he did to it. And I, it was, I mean, it's a lot of things. I, I didn't think that the melody was good. I thought my like vocal delivery, and this was like a demo, right? This is like on a fucking voice memo. Like this right. isn't, <laughs> right. you know, this isn't like um, Studio quality, a final right? version or whatever. But whenever I would listen to it and think about it and why I hated it, I was just like, there's something about this that just isn't working for me. And I, and, and we ended up completely rewriting like the lyrics all of the lyrics stayed the same um because i really it was like a poem that i'd written that i really loved and i wanted to like keep in its kind of form i i don't know as like a lyric writer um and as someone who pulls my lyrics from kind of like already written things i yeah. guess like, I, <laughs> I, I have i have written songs where i will go like we will do something and then I will write lyrics for that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one song on the album in particular called The Subway is like that. Um, we were like writing and there was like, oh, what, what would sound good here and whatever. Right. But this one yeah, in particular yeah. was like New a poem mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that I didn't really want to like change. Yeah. Um, and so he was like, oh, we'll just, we'll throw away this and you can add new lyrics. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> we need to keep the the words and the feeling of the words with a very like different, it's not, it didn't feel like the words, right? Mm -hmm. Right, So we like completely changed the entire production, the entire vocal melody, and it is now a completely different song. And yet like with all the chords, changed literally everything, every sound in it, everything. We started from complete scratch (laughs) and it is that, like you said, this Lord example, yeah. You know, that to me now is one of my favorite songs because it actually feels like the truest version of the original concept. Um, but it's yeah. definitely not a straightforward path for sure. Yeah. I think it's it's just like a matter of deciding which ones, like, because some songs are written in a day, some songs are written in a year and they have to go through a lot of drafts, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it's weird because those aren't always the ones that a lot of people hear either mm. you know like those are sometimes like some of the filler songs on the album but <laughs> they just are not right until you feel like they're right so mm. there's a phase that's like very quick it came together super quickly we knew exactly what it should feel like and like the emotion we were going for mm-hmm. and I think that was like guided us to it but then other songs like we know the emotion but we don't know how to execute it and mm. so Mm-hmm. Even if those are like some of the random songs on the album, it's like it's still it still is not you don't feel settled until you you do it um the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love I love that. Yeah. Music can take so long. <laughs> yes. yeah. And um, going back to the drawing board, doing it from scratch mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. sometimes we just need to do that. It sucks. Yeah. But- but you learn, you learn every step of the way. Um, speaking of trying to find the perfect version of whatever you're working on, mm-hmm. do you have not maybe checklist is the wrong word for, it, but do you have like a something that makes you say, okay, it's ready, it's ready, like the song feels ready for the world to hear? Um, and what kind of goes through your head when you're trying to like perfect what you're working on? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think really, no. we really don't, and maybe we should, but it's very, it's very no. informal for us. It's like, yeah, it's, it's really just like when we stop feeling inspired to change it, I think, mm. 
and it's like yeah. oh we do like little touch-ups here and there but it's like okay like we don't feel inspired to like overhaul it you know yeah. like when we do feel inspired to overhaul it that's what we, like we scrap everything and like start yeah, again yeah, yeah. so when we're like i can't imagine doing that to this mm. song you know mm. i think that's kind of where it is um yeah you know, i mean think? i think citing lucas's perfectionism once again um i'm kind of I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways in my life. I'm very like, I, I love having control. I love planning. Um, I think that like goes back to being a director and, and things like this. Yeah, I was but, gonna say. <laughs> yeah, but with this, I'm like, let's release it. Like get it out in the world. Like, I think there's a difference between someone being so trained and so knowledgeable of like the little things that are that are just like so, magnificent and then me who's like writing music for the first time like let's put it out you know like i'm ready to fail like i am very ready to mm -hmm. fail that's I... so healthy that's, really <laughs> good. Girl, like, that's yeah. awesome that's really really good I'm, I'm definitely like i feel so strongly that this music resonates with people mm -hmm. like i actually fully believe and we really saw that reception after there is a face in the clouds mm -hmm. like people people came out of the woodwork for that single. And I was yeah. shocked and yet also so like, you know, my underbelly was like, yes. Um, <laughs> I was like so excited that people were really getting it because I really do believe in this music. And I think that it's like yeah. fucking good. Um, yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think that drive for like that feeling of like, this is new to me, this is new to the world and I just want people to hear it and like get excited about it um helps me kind of forego a checklist mm. wherein there are other things in my life that I really love having a checklist for I think like when you're directing something as we saw very recently um yes, I just yeah. finished a you play. definitely yeah, have a big checklist and I'm I feel like I'm the opposite or like because we we just um worked on a production that Maya was directing and that she graciously asked me to write music for <laughs> um and like I think with that I'm definitely a lot more like like screw it like we'll just like I'll just do something here I don't know I feel you're like, very like, go with the flow yeah yeah um but you're very like specific about details and like yeah and stuff like that so but I think here it's, it's like, very opposite it's I think opposite yeah yeah but I think it's because you have, and also this comes from someone who, like, I don't know how to produce anything. I guess now I do. I, I do. <laughs> well, yes, you do. Um, now I guess I do because, like, we've, you know, produced these singles and I have opinions. You know, I sit here and I'm like, I like that thing. I don't like that thing. Yeah. You know, but like, he's on that, on the, like, on logic, like, listening to like a single note over and over and over again or yeah. like you know understanding like how this thing reverberates for x amount of time because that's perfect to hit this drum fill like it's just like the the detail is so important in your work so obviously like that checklist does kind of exist and that you're mm -hmm. like okay i i know what i want this to feel like and it might not be like you know, literally writing a list and saying like, once this thingy is done, it'll be perfect. But that it's, once it hits that thing, once it hits that feeling, you know when you want it to be yeah, released, yeah. you know? Uh -huh. True. 
Okay. I love that. No, I I love your answer. I kind of, because we already touched a little bit about it, but I kind of wanted to ask a more, maybe a little bit outside of your band, just kind of like, so Maya, you just like had a huge accomplishment. You just directed your, it was your first play that was like in non-school, but like in, I don't want to say the real world. It sounds so dumb, but you know what I mean? Like, no, it was, it was my first professional in quotations production out in the world yes that is so exciting so can you you. tell us a little bit about that how it went and what is it like to it's so cool that you guys then worked on that together in different capacities as well yeah um and not like as the band but just as you know two creatives that are in a relationship together that live together you know and that Mm -hmm. works together which is awesome then (laughs) we have friends we have friends no no I think it's (laughs) I think there's so many lovely things about being in a partnership like that, that you guys talk about and have touched on already. So it's great. Um, I think a lot of people are, you get out of college specifically if you went to art school and you're like, I have to do one thing and one thing only. And are really adamant about that, but clearly that's not the case here. So what is it like balancing these other projects with your band, which is also a creative project in a way? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely a juggler. I juggle a lot of things. Um, I like to stay busy, um, which <laughs> my therapist would say I should stop doing um, for my, you know, sanity. But I, I don't know. I really love it. It makes my life feel very fulfilling and exciting, and it brings me a lot of joy. And I also think that one of my favorite things about being a human being is like collaborating. Um, and I think that that's why I'm really drawn to a medium like theater is because you do something for such a short period of time and it feels like magic and then it's like very ephemeral and it just goes away. And um, I find it like so fulfilling to um, work on something. And I mean, this production in particular was um, a month long residency. Oh, so we awesome. started rehearsal you know, on the 16th of September and we just closed our play um, on the 16th of October. So it was a really, really, really quick process. And it was with a team of really awesome people. I mean, I try to, whenever I work on something, I try to bring in like, you know, my dearest friends who I know are going to do the best work. Um, And I'm lucky that my dearest friends do the best work. (laughs) Um, You know, Lucas being one of my dearest friends in the world. And so I think, I mean, I, something that I think is just inherently true about my life is that like music runs my life. Mm -hmm. I've listened to music, you know, doing everything, going everywhere. Um, I just always kind of want to be listening to old, new, whatever music. And I think when I'm working on a play, it has to contain sound in some capacity. And, and I think often that translates to music, you know, not just like sound design or soundscape, but like music, like comp, like composed music. And Lucas is so incredible at like translating an emotional arc um, into something that is like sonically interesting. And um, I mean, I think of music as character. I think of a lot of design elements in theater as character, but music in particular, um, especially live performed music, because it is in in the moment, in conversation with the actors on stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this performance, Lucas played cello live. Mm 
um, which was sick. (laughs) Um, There were so many moments where it felt like the cello was scoring, you know, these two characters and their emotional build. And it felt like Mm -hmm. the actors were, you know, hearing the cello and, and that was fueling their emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, But I kind of forget your question, but it felt like, (laughs) how do we balance balance it? it? (laughs) Great question. Um, I definitely don't. I don't. (laughs) I consume my time with everything that I want to do at once. And honestly, I think the play definitely took a hit on our writing. I think we also just moved in together in Williamsburg. Mm And the move really took a hit on our writing because we were changing. I mean, we've kind of built and are in the process of building like a music studio here. So we were moving from our old music studio in like my parents bedroom. in no, your parents' bedroom, your my, childhood bedroom, <laughs> um, my, your parents' my home. Bedroom, my parents. Um, it's a Monday uh, night. It's been a long it's weekend. A it- <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah. Japanese breakfast last night. That was incredible. Oh, so good. Um, but anyway, I think like that, that did take a hit. And so personally, I do not balance it. I really like do it all and try to like stay a human being. I think I've, I've done pretty well, but there are definitely times where like right now when the play is over, I mean, today was like the first time I like, I don't know, like did something for me. You know what I mean? Um, and I think we'll also be the first time, like tomorrow we have a rehearsal for a gig. And when we were, when we're in rehearsal for a gig, it's like so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, just yeah. dedicate the time to this thing. This thing yeah. that we're making here is definitely the truest thing I feel like I'm doing right now. It's like making this music feel so true to who I am. And it feels like yeah. giving space for myself in a world where I feel like I definitely don't balance well. I, I feel the same. Oh, like, I think it's like, it's like for me, like balancing my life is not so much like all these things that, um, like I do things to balance like my inner life in a way. Cause I feel inherently like unbalanced as a person. So like doing art and making music is like what um, allows me to like, stay sane in a way I feel like it's like um having these outlets is like more of a necessity that like it it Mm -hmm. happened one way or another you know um for like me to balance myself yeah yeah all the the gig (laughs) yeah oh for sure it's it's called the gig life for a reason and (laughs) fortunately a lot of us spend our time balancing all different sorts of gigs and a lot of people during the pandemic felt like they had time to rewind a little bit and focus on what you know hobbies that maybe had gone um like they were unfed for a while and I never felt that way until after I graduated because I was a master's student and it's been so rejuvenating to do things for myself like you said Maya and it is so necessary to have those outlets as artists it's so healthy to do that for yourself so preach that lifestyle (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah and I think like there's a difference between 
there's the qualities of the things that you do in your life, right? There's like the job that pays the bills. And then there's the yeah. job that you're doing because you think it'll help your career. And then there's the hobby mm-hmm. that you're doing because you actually love it. And then there's like the friends that you're seeing because you love them and you want to spend time with them, but how exhausting it is to see your friends all the time, you know, like when you're <laughs> yeah. doing all of these other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think finding that one thing that really like, every time you sit down to do it, like brings you joy. And I think Sharon Mm -hmm. is that for me, Mm -hmm. certainly now in my life. And I think it's stressful. It's a lot of work. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, putting a lot of ourselves into something, but definitely like taking that breath of fresh air today and realizing like, oh, I'm so excited to like get back to like working on this album. And I'm so excited to like Mm-hmm. play this live show for the first time with a full band like yeah. we're playing a live show with wow. a full band for the first time this, Sunday. this coming sunday october 24th, october 24th which Gold i don't know sounds. when this podcast is coming out but i think it's past this show yeah, but sorry. you know whatever but like like getting to do those things again is going to be so rejuvenating yeah. in a way that like you always forget yeah. when you're mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the chaos i think yeah definitely Okay. Yeah, definitely keep us posted on other dates as well because we're big on the oh, focus yeah, and perfect yeah. for like we're playing, sharing. We're playing November 9th at Barry Electric. Wow. Shut the fuck up. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's really very cool. Amazing. That's very cool. Thank you, Gig, for this. Yeah. Thanks for our like? friends, Mackenzie, <laughs> our friend Mackenzie, yeah. who booked us. Amazing. Wow. I love, amazing. Friends. love friends. Love friends. What's it, what's it like performing? Especially yeah. in a COVID world. Um, I mean, I know yeah. you, you started kind of out of COVID, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, what, what's that like? <laughs> Mask life or, <laughs> I mean, hopefully you guys have to wear masks <laughs> on stage, but. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I mean, well. It's been great. So it's far. been great. We've, we've done like kind of like random little gigs so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've oh no please sorry um, I was just stretching. <laughs> uh, we've done like kind of random little gigs here and there mm-hmm. so far. Um, like our first gig was like a DIY show in Maya's backyard duo, and then oh, we did another duo show opening for our friends next time. Um, another cool band, mm-hmm. uh, and then we did a show at Pete's Candy Store, also duo, kind of like building up a bit, and now we're playing our first show with like um our friends on drum and bass and so it's like it's been like a little bit like testing the waters I think Mm -hmm. at least like for for me because I sing of it and I've never sung in front of people live ever I do not have a naturally good voice at all so like it's it's definitely like nerve-wracking in a way in a very new way so it's Mm -hmm. it's been like it's like a growing process. I think it's so interesting for Lucas to have this opinion because Lucas has been, <laughs> well, Lucas has probably performed like a thousand times with a thousand different bands. Um, I've performed in a lot of contexts where I'm not the person at the front of the stage. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I grew up playing in orchestras, playing cello mm-hmm. in big orchestras. And, uh, and then like I started playing in bands and I played bass mainly. So like, always at the back of the band yeah. and like whenever I have like a little moment it's like a little moment where I'm doing something you know um and I do cello gigs and I do bass gigs and like I'm never the one being like hi thank you for coming to like yeah. our, our thing. thing like this project crazy is like, yeah. I am like one of the focal 
people, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's just a very different thing and it's, it's really strange, but exciting. Yeah, I think learning, yeah, tracking the performance has been really interesting. Um, I'm really surprised at how like, not terrified I am of doing it. Um, I don't know if that's about, I don't know if that's because I, you know, have- Peter kid vibes. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's like, you know, my inherent need or my inherent love for attention. Um, I don't know no. what it is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Um, but I do, I know, I do think like my training, like as, as a like, yeah. kid, did make it easier to be kind of like in front of a crowd and things like this. But I think really the, what's been the most exciting is very recently now rehearsing with a band and translating something that was entirely done, you know, in a room with instruments, but mainly on a computer, right? right um, yeah. And now translating that kind of produced sound into a live band sound has been an incredible learning experience. And I think mm -hmm. has really helped us see the expansiveness of what the songs can be. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I think like it bringing more people into the music changes it completely and like, yeah, mm -hmm. like I, I feel like with a lot of other bands that I've played in, um, it's like we never release something that we haven't performed live. So it's really weird to, like for us to put stuff out and then having other people come in and like create new parts or like play what they feel to a song um, inherently is going to change it a lot. So it's like now I'm kind of thinking like, oh, damn, I want to try every song we write with the band so we like we can we can get kind of like closer to a really, like the best way the song can be. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. <laughs> it's been an interesting experience for us. Yeah, but also I think there's something inherently beautiful to the produced version and the live version mm -hmm. being different. I mean, that's Definitely. kind of why yeah. you right. see an artist, yeah, right? You see an artist because you love their song that you listen to, and it's the same thing twice, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. But then a live artist is someone who yeah. really yeah. can change the whole game. And I think especially in the past, like. Um, like 50 years or something like music has become kind of like like the the studio is such an instrument like there's so many sure, yeah. uh you have so many expansive options of making music um and so many ways to get something and like change something that you don't necessarily have when you're doing it live yeah. and i think that's kind of a beautiful thing where like um you have to change at least we view it as like we're not going to try to get all of these sounds and exact little melodies and things into the live version because it would be a nightmare and like <laughs> we don't mind if the song changes so it's like yeah, yeah. um i forgot where i was going with that but it's it's like i i feel like writing music for people to listen to uh on their own is a really different thing like like yeah. uh when you make something in a studio or like as a studio version you're expecting people to listen to it with headphones on, let's say like over and over again. Like mm -hmm. to me, that's like the perceived audience. But when you're doing something for live performance, it's like the perceived audience is the people right in front of you, you know, the like couple dozen people, um, the like group of people or however many people are at your show, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it, it, it's interesting versus like, it's kind of a faceless crowd. Mm. when you're creating something for mm -hmm. people to listen to on Spotify or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's something I thought about a lot. Um, 
it's just like how different those two uh, mediums are. Yeah, those two mediums are. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for no. Oh my god, no, I love uh, it. No, I love that. It makes me think a lot about um, planning a movie for someone's iPhone screen versus mm-hmm. being in the theater. Totally. And totally. I think about that a lot. And sometimes I catch myself. Yeah. I'm like, am I allowed to watch this on my phone, or should I? move to my computer is that better should i try and watch it on my tv you know i i i it's not quite the same but it's kind of like yeah scope and size basically changes yeah no how exactly. you interact with something and yeah, yeah. yeah. well even in Definitely. i mean even in a movie theater you are yeah. sitting beside people you know right. it just it just is a different experience than if you're sitting in your room watching netflix on your computer right um which i think is why yeah, it, it, it changes, it the, just the changes. Art inherently. It's yeah, like when I was studying music, a lot of like the approach or like some love was, I was like, like, how will this decision impact the music? Or like, how will this impact how the music's perceived or the experience of listening to it? And so I think that like when I'm making music, I think about that a lot and about especially like producing something rather than like a, a live performance is like, I feel a little bit more visceral versus produced mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. thinking about how little things are going to impact the sound of the entire, um, the experience of listening to it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think across like that changes what you're making inherently, just yeah. like that thought, um, across any artistic uh, endeavor. Yeah, this kind of feeds into the question I want to come back to. Ooh, um we're back I, I, we're back and i wrote it down um <laughs> this is a totally like a clickbaity question so like just a oh i'm interested i'm tuned in too i'm tuned in <laughs> what is indie music to you <laughs> you, want me to answer? you studied music <laughs> you make music i do make music but you studied music i think music. that answers our question really well actually <laughs> Yeah, what, like... My, my answer is anyone who didn't study music. Okay, 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 interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Half a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think um, Maya doesn't want to talk, so I'll talk. Um, <laughs> the um, indie music, I mean, like, technically, I feel like anybody without a label who's not, like, being advised on what music to make, sure, I think is right. part of it but I think it's also come to be like a sound of, you know, a, like a sound of um, youthfulness, which often means like really unique styles of production or of songwriting or things like that, that haven't been so like um, commercially reinforced, commercially reinforced. Um, and I think a lot of like, yeah, a lot of indie musicians, are just people who have who are self-starters who are like self-taught um we're making things that like they don't necessarily want to fit into a specific box which is kind of the irony of it because everyone wants to sound indie so there is a box but <laughs> yeah, like I, yeah. my my feeling is that like anything that um is like doesn't feel touched by the hand of commercialism in okay, yeah, yeah. the industry. I love that idea. I love I love those concepts that you just mm-hmm. threw out there. I think it goes back to what I was saying about caring about releasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. to me, the like the best part about indie music is that it just sounds like 
I love what you said about youthfulness and what mm -hmm. it says about like wanting to be different than what you know you're hearing on the radio which now I think is a funny thing because right we hear music everywhere right the music is yeah. like the radio is obsolete but yeah. even so I think it's this this feeling of like how do I uniquely express what I'm feeling or how do I uniquely put into words like and and sound what it is that I'm you know experiencing right now and I think it's like indie music to me is a very like brave thing to do you know you just like put it out into the world and you're like <laughs> let's see if people give a shit about it and I don't know I I love that kind of brashness and I think that that's that's why with this more than anything else I'm just kind of like we just have to do it like we just have to release it we wrote it it's fun we like it we like doing it we think other people will like it so we are going to put it out um whether it is you know technically good or not i don't really know that we care you know yeah uh, yeah i feel like i also i feel like indie to me is is more of like a, a lack of concreteness in mm. like a, a sound i feel like mm. like for example like lcd sound system mm. to me I've, I've very recently started listening to a lot more of their music. It's like, they're one of the most indie sounding bands to me yeah, because sure. it's very imperfect. Their whole production style and their approach to making music is like so interesting and so exciting. Um, but it, it's very not like worried about if you like it, you know? And I feel like that's a really, that even though they're insane, they're huge, they're ginormous, like, there's still a lot of like the emotion of what I ideally think indie music is mm -hmm. in that. Um, yeah, I love that concept of like it not fitting like a genre. Um, Cause mm -hmm. I think we struggle with this a lot. Like yeah. like I said, we, we love all kinds of music. We, mm -hmm. we want to write all kinds of music. Some of the songs we write, we look at them and we're like, we love this song, but how does this fit with these other songs? And, mm -hmm. and I think just being like, Mm, I don't care. <laughs> you know? I don't care. Like we made the song and we like the song and whether or not it like, you know, hits the audience or like fits the demographic or like fits mm -hmm. the genre of like who we're trying to reach. Um, we're going to make it anyway. Cause it's kind of what we want to make. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a very, tough question. I think that's it the, is. just like, this is what we want to make. We don't care if like, people expect something else, you know? Yeah. I love that. Our yeah. very first guest, Carter Vale, who is an indie yeah. artist based out of Nashville, says something very similar that mm -hmm. he's trying mm -hmm. more, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he's trying mm -hmm. more and more to not stick to a, a single genre and just yeah. explore everything that's out there. Yeah, I think it's great that art is limitless and boundless. Yeah. I, think, I think we're definitely hitting a very interesting point in our generation mm -hmm. and we were talking about this with a couple with um a couple of friends two of the actors from the play that I distracted mm -hmm. we worked on but we were we were talking about how our generation feels very like on the cusp of everything like we, we literally like, are yeah we literally are yeah. like we're like two steps behind but mm -hmm. also two steps forward yeah. and it just 
I don't know. I always think about how in, maybe you experienced this because you grew up in Connecticut. <laughs> but there was that like test. Remember yeah. this test? Yes, the CMT. Yes, yeah. we had to take it. And then like someone didn't have to take it. And then we had to take another thing that someone else didn't have to take. Yes. Because they were testing out the year that you did or did not have to take this test. Yeah. But we were the cusp of that year. So we they were deciding, oh, it's like eighth grade where you do or have to take the test. And then the next year, they're like, just kidding, you don't. And yeah. then it was like sophomore year where they were like, oh, to yeah. become a junior, you have to take this test. Mm, yeah. And then they were like, oh, just kidding, you don't. So we had to take like two versions trauma. of trauma or something. It was very tra- clearly very traumatizing. Just fucking whatever math and oh. science. It was and just writing. like a. It, it was like a mask. It was, like standard. a, it was a standardized, standardized test. to see where all the, the Connecticut mastery test, them. I believe, is what CMT, CMT. stands for. Yes. Whatever. It's just. But I think about. I, whenever I think about our generation, I think about like we we are always like trying to do. We're doing everything that other people did, and also inventing new things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like we're always like. We have learned a lot and we're trying to change what we've learned as well. I think, I don't know. I think this past year and a half really showed us that as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like we're, we're ever learning and questioning and challenging. Mm -hmm. And also I think, you know, the people behind us are even further ahead somehow. Um, And it's shocking and so exciting to be kind of in the middle. And, and I don't know, I think it's interesting. It makes me think of the internet, like a hundred percent, like the world. That's what I think about too. Like I think about how we were the first, and I'm like 23 kind of territory. Like we were the first generation where technology like integrated our lives more and more as we got older. But like we went through like middle school into high school with like not much yet. Mm -hmm. And then it really started to ramp up. You know, like I still had a flip phone in middle school, but yeah. now every middle schooler has an iPhone. <laughs> it, it, like yeah. all everything. Well, access to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's incredibly bizarre. I feel like it's like, yeah. Yeah. We, we like have a weird proximity to that, that older generations don't have, even like millennials and 30 year olds. Yeah. 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 And I think it's about, I think about music and I think about what people, well, mm-hmm. I, I actually think to clarify. I think about lyrics Mm -hmm. um, a lot in this conversation because I think about what Mm -hmm. people are writing about Mm -hmm. and I think our generation has held on and maybe this is like super asshole thing to say about like a a younger generation but I do feel like we've held on to those moment to moment memories a lot you know and I think I mean I don't know that's certainly what I like to write about is like the feelings that are very of the moment um you know haunting us kind of like that nostalgia that just like creeps in Mm. and i wonder what it is like for generations who feel ever connected right who feel like they don't have those moments alone or have those moments you know kind of with their own thoughts because i feel even now as someone who has consumed so much media that you know my thoughts sometimes I question if they actually are my own or if they are so mm-hmm. influenced by the things that I consume. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky, I think, to have had those moments in time where I didn't feel the need to like 
share that thing and that I kept mm. it to myself. And now I can go back to that poem where I had that thought about that thing when yeah. I was 16 and now mm -hmm. share it now um, or in a different, re in a different way, yeah. right? Reflect on that feeling yeah. um, and choose to share it. Uh, but I think I do question, um, I'm sharing it with the world. Um, oh, I love it. Oh, yikes. We make that joke. Yeah, so we make that joke too often. Um, but I do wonder like, how you know the 18 year olds are feeling you know what are you feeling what are you writing about is it you know are you trying to get to the same are you writing about what it would be like if you didn't have that interconnectedness are you writing about what it is to be that connected you know i just do i do think about the internet and i think about access and stuff like that a lot when i'm writing it's like does this feel actually true to my human experience or does this actually feel true to the collective experience mm -hmm. Yeah. And with younger generations too, like a lot of younger generations, COVID will probably be like mm. something that happened when they were five, six, seven. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the crux That's of like when we're really starting. Like it, it's yeah. just a very bizarre thing where like our generation got affected in really specific ways by like these global yeah. forces that um are so yeah. out, of, out of control. You know? Yeah. Mm. Like I so had true. a boss tell me she was like you were just trying you were just starting to find your feet and then COVID hit and I was like thanks for letting me that. like Remind yeah me. thank you I have no direction in life thanks, <laughs> thanks for know, stating that <laughs> yes I moved back in with my parents thank you thank you yes I am still at me at home yep yeah. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> literally so much for coming on. Thank you. Show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. This has been awesome. Like hour 20. I know a very <laughs> swift hour 20. <laughs> truly. Truly. It's been truly. such a delight. It's been, it's such been a delight. so yeah. incredible. It's, it's honestly, I think going on, I was so stoked when you reached out to us. I was so like, good. yeah, because I think like sitting here and talking about like this experience and writing music and I don't know indie music and all these like theorizing about stuff is such a great and inspiring um thing to be doing at this point when we're about to kind of jump back into creating again mm -hmm. yeah um definitely and also I think it helps us understand what we're doing even better um I don't know it, it does yeah talking about it definitely helps yeah it also helps clarify i think for us what we're mm -hmm. trying to do you know and things we're excited about and, and that it's okay to not get hung up on things with music the most important thing is doing it yeah doing it <laughs> yeah not taking it so seriously yeah, yeah. exactly yeah yeah um yeah. such a serious craft <laughs> <laughs> we'd love it if you guys could just sign off for us um and let us know your names again and where people can find you on social media and listen to your music if you want to give your personal instagram as well you can feel free to do that okay i'm maya torin i'm lucas sour and together we're sharon and you can find us on instagram at sharon.wave that's w-a-v like the wave file like a music file i thought that was so clever <laughs> We stole it. We definitely stole it from someone. <laughs> Pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's also cool. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Maya.torin. 
I'm Lucas.Sauer. We're, we're really creative there. Perfect. Um, and, and yeah, find us on Spotify. Spotify. Sharon and Apple Music, wherever you listen to music. C-H-E-R-I-N. It's not Sharon. It's not Sharon. It's Sharon. Sharon. There, there, is a, there is a good origin story, but... Um, so our favorite restaurant in New York before COVID was a place called Sharon. And it served Aww. amazing sushi for like very cheap. Literally no money. And we went on so many dates there. It had just like a lot of great experiences with loads of different Aww. friends from all places and all Aww. connections. So um, yeah, it felt like a, just like a lot of good memories. And so we wanted to like give the positive energy to yeah. our friends. And, and really it, it closed due to COVID. So yeah, that's a sad yeah very sad. very sad um so it was kind of like an homage and i think something that i i never really mentioned but is that they would name their sushi rolls after their customers um which Aww. is like really 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 sweet we like ran into someone one time who was like this is the dylan roll and i'm the dylan um and i just think like we're kind of doing that yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. we're not like naming a roll obviously but so follow-up like- question if you were a sushi roll <laughs> <laughs> oh my god come on you found the audience for that question you really did find the audience for that question and i think if i were to make a, a sushi roll it would, it would probably just be like i don't know i love a yellowtail scallion mm. that's that mm, tastes yes. like sushi i don't know there's something about it it's very classic and simple yeah. but i think i would maybe like top it with like fresh spicy crab I used to eat like spicy tuna rolls almost mm-hmm. yeah. every day. Those are good. There's a Japanese grocery market across the street from my school. Mm-hmm. So probably a spicy tuna roll with like avocado and like salmon on top or some crazy Whoa. shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'd order I would order both of those rolls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. On that note, you should not only <laughs> order that sushi for yourself but go listen to Sharon <laughs> we are the queens of transitions on this podcast um you've heard it here first you have yeah you have your music videos out on your youtube channel yeah. and you can listen to them anywhere you can listen to music so they're so good we didn't get they're to so about good. elevator but it was Do so it. good um so yeah definitely follow yes Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much to Maya and Lucas for joining us on the podcast Imperfect. If you are interested in learning more about their band, their duo band, Sharon, you should definitely go check them out on Instagram at Sharon.wave, W-A-V, and listen to their music, which can be heard anywhere you listen to music. And Especially, also go to YouTube and check out their music videos. Yeah, the music videos are freaking great. And we didn't really touch <laughs> on this in our interview as much, but Maya has curated such a strong aesthetic. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So just go check them out. Do it. Do yourself a favor. Do yourself seriously. a favor. It's If you like, I mean, we all know that I love the 1975. I like feel like... <laughs> Every time I say it, I feel like especially like talked about this episode. It's especially <laughs> mentioned in this episode. Um, but if you like any kind of like bedroom pop, indie, electronic, I mean, I just feel like it's so encompassing of indie, which is why I love the answer. And it's so much more too. I, I don't know. I think Sharon is like a really awesome project, and I think they're gonna go really far with it. And so, mm-hmm. I highly recommend you give them a listen. 
And you can also follow Maya oh, yeah. and Lucas <laughs> on their personal Instagrams, um, maya.torin and lucas.sour. So definitely go give them a follow on their personal Instagrams if mm-hmm. you want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about our little podcast, um, definitely go give us a follow at The Podcast Imperfect and check out our brand new website, thepodcastimperfect.com, which has all of the information you could possibly want on all of our featured artists. Um, and if you're interested in becoming a featured artist on the show, definitely sh- uh, reach out to us um, at our email at thepodcastimperfect at gmail.com. Yeah. And as always, you can drop us a line on Instagram. Um, if you would like to follow Rebecca, you could follow her at Rebecca Nisco Music. And if you'd like to follow Kara, you can follow Kara at Quiet Open Space, all one word. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you for everyone's feedback. It's so nice hearing what people have to say about our show. And we really value um, everyone's like thoughts and feedback. I feel like that was really redundant, but it's been really nice. <laughs> so <laughs> we appreciate that so, so much. Um, and... Our aesthetic is um, thankfulness. Our aesthetic is thankful. I feel like our, I feel like I laugh about the people that like are, you know, like the bots that are like, I am a marketing guy. <laughs> promote it on DM. <laughs> promote, promote it, it on to- DM records. <laughs> this is an indie grassroots movement. Thank you. Um, yes. So yeah, I hope, we hope you have a wonderful dreamy day or night or moment in time.